0: Love Talk Radio Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign, But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind. And in the presence of my Lord of light and love, everything I see is aspiring to be free. And when I call to thee and come on bended knees. Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the ones surrounding me with love And I I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah East, west, north and south, I sense your presence Without and within, below and above, yeah yeah. East, west, north and south, I sense your presence I sense your presence Lord of light and love Everything I find in tune with the
1: divine
0: And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I am the light within your soul. In the essence of truth and right, love makes a circle. And when I call to thee, and come on bending knees, surrender to the all pervading light and love. Reflections of the. Surrounding me with love. For to find the balance is the purpose of this time. To restore the balance of the universal mind. I I sense your presence. I sense your presence. I sense your presence. I sense Your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense Your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense Your present Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I sense your presence
2: Thank you for joining me here today on Activating Compassion Radio. My name is Jessie Ann Mickel-George, and I'm your hostess today. And that music that you were listening to at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shenshai. Shai, and I just want to extend a welcome to those that are returning and welcome to those that are joining us here for the very first time. We do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and PEN, also known as Parent Encounters Network. And I welcome everyone listening through those channels as well. Here at Activating Compassion Radio, what I do is look at the different ways that compassion exists in our lives, how to remove our blocks, resistances, frustrations, and more. And some we am discussing different aspects of how compassion is in our lives, how it affects the different areas of compassion and how it affects our lives. And some weeks I'm doing more exercises, practical implementations, and then many times I've got really great guests on our show, and, and today is no exception to that. Um, I also highlight different musical artists along the way, Stephen Halpern, Peter Cater, Joe Matson, Claire Cadine, Bruce Ciccarelli, Craig Rolla, Charles Grant, Steph Moses. Um, this year I've been bringing my musical artists in along with the seasons and the turnings of the year. We've had Woven Green on. Um, Angelia Grace from Ireland was on. Got Dragon Head coming up on the summer solstice, and Shashika Moruth coming up um, as well this summer. So lots of great people coming through. In my own work, what I do is I focus on helping people find and use compassion in their everyday lives. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, which can be found through my website. I've got some archive shows where the people have interviewed me, and I've also so authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life Dreams, and its companion workbook and my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. In addition, I've created the Compassion Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book plannings, and fundraising events. And you can follow all of those things through my website at dot onecom and just a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, make sure you share it with people because I know when I'm sharing the show, there's always somebody that comes up and goes, oh my gosh, just like this week with Robert Meeker coming up. And I had somebody contact me through Facebook and they go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he does this, but I can't believe he does that. And I'm so excited about the show. And this is such an important gift to me that you're doing this. So you don't know who's life you're going to change or transform just by clicking the share button. And they can listen to it through the same link in the archives. In addition, it's going to be available as a podcast through iTunes, TuneIn.com, and through my YouTube channel. So hey, whatever works for them for listening to it, we've got an option for it. Before we get started on everything, though, today, those that have listened to this show know that what I like to do is to open with a little thought from 72 Names of God by Yehuda Berg. And I like Yehuda's work because he always... Puts things into everyday terms and you know, everyday life. And he takes the big concepts and helps us make it tangible to ourselves, which I love. Now, the interesting thing is that Robert was actually supposed to be on our show last Friday. <laughs> and I messed up because I literally had a foot in one time then and a foot in another time then. I drove five miles and all of a sudden, you know, everything was um, a different thing. <laughs> And I was still in the same state, which is why it threw me. So, anyways, that's what happened last week for those that tuned in and tried to catch us then. But we are on today, and I'm very excited. And we will have the regular show tomorrow. And, and why I'm kind of giggling here is because the message that goes with Robert's show that I happened to draw last week, which has been up on my website, on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, was Accountability. And I find that very amusing because I tend to be very accountable. I, I I usually prompt and on time, and people that know me go, in three and a half years, I've never messed up totally missing a show. <laughs> and so it's, it was kind of amusing to have that happen last week, in a sense. And um, so here we are, our topic for this show from Yehuda Berg, the the common name of God is accountability. And the the message he gives on this is, why me? Why now? What did I do to deserve this? And by the way, when I pull Yehuda's messages, I'm just going in a sequential order, so it's not like I'm pulling the specific message to the guests. They just happen to always align this way. Uh, The insight that Yehuda gives on this is, At one time or another, we all have asked ourselves or God this question. Life often hurts us, granted, but we have two options. Hold on to our pain and wallow in self-pity or accelerate our healing process and quickly climb to a new level of fulfillment and understanding. Most of us consider ourselves victims when others do us wrong or when circumstances suddenly become chaotic. But any wrong done to us and any turmoil confronting us results from a negative action we committed in some area of our lives. The injury is merely the judgment, the effect of a cause that we ourselves initiated. Yes, this is a tough one to admit and accept. And if we let ourselves become consumed with feelings of revenge or victimization, we miss an opportunity to stop our reactive behavior, to rise above our problems, and to regain control over our lives. When we accept judgment, on the other hand, it passes quickly. When we let go of self-pity and the dreaded I'm the victim syndrome, we let go of our pain at that same instant. This is really important because sometimes we think, I didn't make myself here. You know, this was somebody else's choice that put me here, and I, I'm just sharing this as an extra little thing in there because, you know, I could say that about some of the things I've gone through over the last several months or year, and yet at the same time, I still had a choice. I could have stayed in damaging situations for me, or I could have taken the leap of faith that I took and pushed my limits and said, yeah, this is going to be uncomfortable. And yes, people made choices that kind of led me to say, "I want to jump now," <laughs> instead of staying in things. But on the other hand, when I sit back and I go, "Okay, why am I in this position?" I made the choice to be here, like it or not. I made the choice to be here, and and I would have loved to have the dream fairy tale ending show up, you know, in in, in one week on the road. But that wasn't the journey. You know, uh you know, that might have happened with another three or four or five years of planning. <laughs> but I have to say I am so grateful for this time on the road. I am so grateful for the experiences I'm getting, the people I'm meeting, the things I'm learning, and taking that accountability to say, Yes, I made this choice, yes, I put myself in this position changes the whole game and what it's done for me has made things show up. It's allowed me to be taken care of in this process because I trusted. And I did what I knew what was best in the long run, even though it has its challenges along the way. So sometimes, and and I wanted to throw that in there, because sometimes when we're in this accountability thing, we don't always get that piece that, yeah, we made the choice to be here. And we might not be getting some of the results we would have liked, but we do make the choice to be here. So taking that accountability piece, being grateful for it, huge, huge, huge. Now the meditation Yehuda gives with this is, with these letters, impulses towards self-pity, retaliation, and revenge are swept away. You see that a victim's mentality is the foundation of all those feelings, and you replace that mentality with the understanding but you are the creator of your own circumstances. And you know that what you have created, you can change. Thus, everything changes now. And again, the common name of God that we're dealing with this week is Chantability, and the formal name is Mem Mankos. Mem men, So really a wonderful thought there uh, from Yehuda, with the show and so appropriate and so synchronized <laughs> to everything that happened with getting Robert on the show here. Now, a little bit of insight before we go on break and bring uh, Robert on the show. Uh, this will just kind of get your head going in the direction that we're headed today. That large amount of time trying to learn and gather information and grow your consciousness, only to find yourself not making the leaps and bounds you would hope to. You spend so much time getting things, but you don't experience things. Does so trying to be open actually close you down? These questions bring up the aspect that so many run around trying to evolve their consciousness, but don't put it into action or stop long enough to actually be in consciousness. For most, they are so busy seeking that they are not allowing their own awakening to happen. And I have seen this in several that spend hours a day reading information, seeking after answers, but then wonder why they don't feel like they're very far along or getting anywhere in their process. Somewhere there is a balance to be found. And I love this quote by Richard Harvey that really brings it into perspective. If we are serious about spirituality, we must become open available, and responsive to the spiritual. You cannot do that if you are contracted within the ego process. Neither can you do it if you are evolving in consciousness. Because evolving is just another word for seeking, for journeying, for never arriving. It gives you the ultimate excuse. The key in this is that you learn how to balance what the ego is needing, with a desire to progress ourselves on the spiritual path. I would say for most there is a desire to know the true self and the truth in general, and this seems to be even more evident in today's times as people naturally remember more and more where they've come from, which then leads them to want to connect with the real divine state. And Robert Meeker is one person that works with what is known as Sacred Attention Therapy, which comes from the work of Richard Harvey. And this work blends the psychological and spiritual growth. This is a process that takes people through self-discovery, authenticity, and consciousness. And I feel that this aspect of sacred attention is a practice that allows the seeker within us to unearth and discover what it seems to desperately look for. It then allows us to grow through a process of continual opening. And so many times we busy ourselves looking for something in the outer world, but through self attention, we can reach the human and soul self into a beautiful realm of communication and connection, allowing the journey to be fulfilled and to move beyond it with true experiencing of life and awareness. And do you implement? Sacred attention into your life, or are you living in the world of the seeker? Do you live in connection with your soul self, or are you sporadically connecting? And what is a conscious life for you? Some great questions to think about. This week, our guest focuses on a component of compassion that's related to the aspect in my book that's making a difference. And this reminds us that in order to make a difference in the world, that it is important to be aware. Sometimes the biggest difference we can make simply by paying attention in the present moment and giving our full and sacred attention to something. It is not always in the doing of a particular act, but in being fully attentive. And I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to have Robert Meeker with us, and we'll be sharing and talking about his work with Sacred Attention Therapy. And I do want to mention I'm I'm coming to you today from Muskegon, Michigan, their North Shores Library, Um, really wonderful people. They extended some extra courtesies to me here to give me a beautiful room to work in, a beautiful space to work in here um, to make this show just as wonderful as it can be today. So much gratitude to them. And the song for you that I have during our work today is called Stolen Moments. And that's by Claire Hedin. If you'd like to find out more of Claire's work, you can certainly do so at www.clairehedin.com. That's C L A R E H E D I com. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: we
2: Listening to Activating Compassion Radio, and my name is Jessie Ann Nichols George. I am your hostess today, and you were just listening to a song called "Stolen Moments" It's by Claire Haden. And you can check out more of Claire's work at www.clairehaden.com. Now, today I have with me Robert Meager, um, coordinating editor for the Sacred Attention Therapy Project, and co-founder, vice-principal, senior tutor and registrar with the Sacred Attention Therapy Online Training Initiative. He has worked almost 25 years in traditional corporate settings and active in various management roles in the education, uh, arts, financial, not-for-profit, government consulting, and healthcare sectors. He began to see life differently in 2008 when his soul was open to new ways of living with the realization that there had to be another way. His spiritual reawakening was nurtured in 2009 when he left a senior role in a prominent firms to set himself adrift and explore a new way of living and seeing the role he lived in. In 2010, Robert was ordained as an interfaith minister in the Order of Melchizedek. We are discussing Robert's work today with the Sacred Attention Therapy online training, which he is co-founder, vice principal, senior tutor, and registrar for that initiative. You can learn more about his work at www.sacredattentiontherapy.com. And, you know, it's such a pleasure to have him here, and Robert I want to welcome you to Activating Compassion Radio. <laughs> after <Thanks. last> week. <laughs> Good day
3: Jesse. It's a delight to be with you here today.
2: And and it's so interesting because normally we have a show that runs on Thursdays and we were talking about synchronicity um prior to the show and everything came together really nicely today for for today to do this show today and normally we have this other show that runs Would have been running today, and they said, Oh, we made a mistake in our schedule, and we can't run the show today. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. that day, we got to run it next week. So, it just the space opened up, and it was just so beautiful. And and I'm so grateful that we could work out having you with us today. So, it's a real gift.
3: Clearly, today is the day, (laughs) Jesse.
2: I think we must be opening a new door with making some beautiful connections. I was just this morning thinking, wow, I really need to work with Jupiter more, planet Jupiter, and here we are on a Thursday, which is governed by Jupiter. So I thought, well, this is really appropriate. This is going to be a really good door that we're going to open. But I want to get on to your work, and I would love for you to, to start off by sharing with our listeners you know, how did you really get into this work? I mean I gave kind of an overview of what you've done and who you are, but you know, yeah. really what brought this all together and brought you to this work as opposed to something else.
3: Right. Um, Jesse, I wanna begin first by thanking you for your loving and compassionate support of the Sacred Attention Therapy Family of Initiatives. And by Family of Initiatives, we am referring primarily to the Sacred Attention Therapy Project and the Sacred Attention Therapy Online Training, and primarily through you know, the various social media networks we're both connected with. And, and, again, you're very collaborative and open-hearted sharing of these initiatives with your community. And I just want to acknowledge that and, and thank you very much for that support. The journey with sacred attention therapy um, in general began rather blessedly in 2011 for me. Um, Understanding and respecting that sacred attention therapy is the the lifelong work of a gentleman by the name of Richard Harvey, who I'm blessed to have as my spiritual teacher and my therapist, and I can get more into that later. And Richard and I met... For the first time in two thousand and eleven, I'll begin the journey there. It was a serendipitous meeting, although we know that there are no um, there are no mistakes, there are no coincidences when it comes to the people that we meet in our lives and come through our lives and it was It was a meeting actually through LinkedIn. And to this day, Richard and I can't remember. We've stopped trying to figure it out, but we can't remember if it was I reached out to Richard or Richard reached out to me. And we both acknowledged after the fact that normally we would not have thought much about the connection that came to us, but this one drew us in for some reason, for some unexplainable reason. Uh, it led us to have a Skype, a Skype. Uh, you know, chat. Um, I living in Ottawa, Canada, and Richard living in Andalusia, Spain, about uh, an hour south of uh, Granada. And so we chatted on Skype. It was just a you know a meet and greet to get to know each other. We chatted about our respective work, uh, and that was fine. During the initial Skype uh, meeting, though, I learned that Richard at the time was working on his manuscript for. Uh, what would be, I guess, the fourth book uh, called Your Essential Self, which has since been published by Llewellyn Worldwide Limited. It's been out for a few years. And he, but he was mentioning he was working on this manuscript, and he asked me, he got in touch with me shortly after the initial Skype meeting, if I'd be interested in reading the manuscript, just to you know, give him my thoughts. Well, as soon as I started reading the manuscript, I just got drawn into this whole paradigm, this whole new paradigm that he's called Sacred Attention Therapy, which in very brief, in my words, is the symbiotic and synergistic marriage of spiritual teaching with psychological training and development. And, of course, this really spoke to my heart because of my background in psychology and then in more recent years, my path to ordination and and the whole spiritual path unfolding. And so as I dove into this manuscript, um, I started editing, um, mostly content editing, editing as opposed to structural editing. And after I was done, I passed it back to him, and he was just floored that someone would take the time and the energy to have done what I did. That really kicked off the collaborative and collegial, and might I say blessed and sacred uh, relationship that Richard and I have shared ever since. And that led into my first exposure to his teachings through lectures in 2012, that very shortly after that in 2012... Led me to begin working with Richard in a teacher student capacity, Richard as a spiritual teacher and it's also as a student, that then blossomed and expanded into a therapeutic relationship that then expanded into uh Richard becoming my supervisor for my own therapy counseling practice all of that then and and as the, all of this was unfolding, it just happened so easily. It happened so effortlessly. One thing just seemed to grow and flow into another. And the first, I'd say, major collaborative venture that we embarked on was the Sacred Attention Therapy Project, which brings together therapists, psychotherapists, psychologists, counselors, healers, spiritual teachers from all around the world to work on... A series of publications, the first of which, called The Labyrinth of Self, is focusing on the core elements of sacred attention therapy. Uh, It is currently ongoing. There are eight other publications that are intended or planned as part of the three phases of the sacred attention therapy project. We're still in phase one. And that's uh, been ongoing since, I believe, 2013, that project, and will likely be going on for many more years, uh, given the um, the ambitious scope of the project as a whole. And then it was, as a result, and again, continuing this effortless flow with the family the Sacred Attention Therapy Initiative, it was out of the Sacred Attention Therapy Project a request came by people participating in that project, to have training uh, in sacred attention therapy. Well, Richard was already offering on a more than annual basis retreats and training from his center, from his virtual center, uh, high atop the Sierra Nevada Mountains in southern Spain. But it the location created challenges for some people in getting there. So the suggestion was, why don't you create an online offering? Um, And when it was first brought to Richard, who then shared the idea with me, we threw around a couple of ideas, but um, got blocked with the challenges that we perceived lay in front of us in regard to developing and delivering this training online. And it sat fallow for probably about a year and then it was in 2014, uh, last spring, that it came back uh, with um, with an enlivening spirit to it. And we embarked in earnest on this process, and it's been uh, just an amazing journey. Um, I, I've written about it in one of my monthly newsletters, but it felt like and still to a, a degree feels like climbing a mountain. And you stood at the bottom of the mountain, and I'm speaking in regard to the Sacred Attention Therapy Online Training, and you look up at the summit, you realize, I need to get to the summit. How do I even begin? Well, you begin by taking a step. And we took a step, and then we took another step, and then we just kept taking steps. We knew where we wanted to go with this, but we... Really didn't know how we were going to get there because, of course, there's all these technology issues involved. There's all kinds of operational issues involved. And before we knew it, we were halfway up the mountain. And, um, and, you know, at a point we paused and and it's as if you look down and you realize, oh, my goodness, how far I've come. And you look back up and realize, oh, still, how far I have to go. But I can't (laughs) turn back now. Uh, and so we kept going and and, as perhaps the paradigm of the teaching um you know shares, we were almost at the summit, and then greater challenges presented themselves to us, and it was like that push to the summit was extraordinary um and i'm and I'm referring only to getting level one of what four levels of the training completed. And it was in early this year, early 2015, that we finally launched the Level 1 particular attention therapy online training. Uh, Level 2 is currently in development, and Level 3 and Level 4 will be forthcoming. But it's just been all along the way, from the very first time Richard met by LinkedIn and then the Skype meeting and then... All the other collaborative neat adventures and and projects that have built and built and built and built, all of it has been rather effortless. And might I say, because this is key to the whole sacred attention therapy um, paradigm, it's been ego-less and it has been fundamental to our joy uh, and our success in working together. And collaborating together, and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful journey to
2: date you know there's there's so many little tidbits that I'm pulling that are really big things um, from what you're mentioning here and of course i I did have Richard on as a guest uh a while back with his work in central self and thoroughly enjoyed having him on the show. I mean, it was so much mm-hmm. fun, and just the energy was so beautiful with him, and, and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. So um, people that missed that show, by the way, I encourage you to go back and catch that in my archive. Uh, you can do that on my page in the Main Street Universe tab on my website, dot and and look up Richard Harvey or The Essential Self to get more of an idea of, of where we're launching from with Robert here. Um, so when you came to me, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> that I wanted to have you as a guest and to share this work um, because I believe how powerful it is. But you mentioned some things, and that's so true, your example of climbing the mountain, that sometimes you just you start one step at a time. You know, if you're going to go be a rock climber, you don't always know the path you're going to take. You step back, you look at the mountain, and you go, hmm, okay, this looks like it's the good path. I can see where the crevices are or here's a line there that looks like I could get up. That's going to be a little trickier. And you start to up, but oftentimes you have to change course as you're climbing that rock, as you're doing rock climbing. But there has to be an openness to say, I'm going to climb the rock <laughs> to start with. Yeah. And I think you bring that up and that's that's a lot of things because I, I see a lot of people today bless them because they still wanna be on their path, doing something that's contributing to the world, but they're going into it for more of I've gotta I have got i want to have this payoff um for me. Yes, I enjoy it, yes, this and that, but I I really in looking for this to be my salvation in the world, so to say, on financial level. And this is going to solve yeah. my issues. And most of the time, even when the path in some ways is effortless, it doesn't mean that it's always without challenges. And I I'd like to differentiate that because a lot of people jump on their journey and they go, oh, look at how effortless this is. Like I could say, look at how much it's, come together, and and I can completely relate to this this story. I look back and go, oh my gosh, look at what I've done in the last year and a half since I've been on the road, you know, um, or preparing to go on the road, and what's happened. And then I I look ahead of me and go, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. (laughs) uh, But you bring in some very big keys, and that is The two keys that I think that really separated out that you mentioned is when we shift into doing this from an ego-less space and when it becomes fundamental to our personal joy. And it's really exciting for me to have you bring those two particular things out because it's an affirmation to something I'm in the process of bringing out right now. And... Yesterday somebody came and started talking with me, and I couldn't just I couldn't help myself but to share it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, well, I'm not going to share this because you're not paying me. It was just like I, I wanted to share it, and doing this for myself is bringing so much joy. Like I'm seeing, there's so much excitement with it, and um, for a person who's dealt in many, many different aspects of spirituality. <laughs> That's an exciting mm-hmm. piece for me to to connect with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're bringing up some big points with this process
3: here. You know, we we spoke briefly, uh, Jesse, before we came on the air before your show started, and and this idea of trust or faith um, came up in our brief conversation, and and trust. In life, and you might call it faith, it's something that was a real focus um in my life, trusting that where I am is exactly where I need to be um if it doesn't appear <laughs> if it doesn't appear like that's where I want to be uh it's a you know backing down of the ego, letting myself rest into life, and I think where in my previous life, where i've become misguided, is I always thought it was a giving up on life, and you just can't do that and you fight it and it's not a giving up on life it's a giving into life and going with the flow of life and there's something I've recently come across within the past month that also in in this vein of trust and faith that very much resonated resonated with me and, and I want to share and it's this an idea of so many people and I can really I can relate to this um, go through life on this quest for their purpose in life they try and seek their purpose in life and there's nothing right or wrong with that or good or bad with that it is what it is but I think too few of us come to accept that I think in all cases life is constantly presenting its purpose to us. And if we can simply become aware and give into that purpose, there's an amazing amount of of peace and joy that can be accrued from it. You know, again the this this wonderful teaching was, you know, most people go through their life searching for the purpose in life. And yet, all along, life is offering its purpose to us. And like in so many spiritual teachings, it offers us to look at the world the exact opposite to how we've been looking at it up to that point. And I think there's a deep, a deep, deep truth in this idea of know that life is offering you your purpose and you need not look for it. You need not search for your life purpose because it is offering it to you. You merely have to look, listen, and accept.
2: I think those are are huge keys and and they're three really simple steps. You know, this is where we get into, sure, there's a whole um, lot of layers there in that simplicity, but
3: yeah
2: at, at the same time it is' that simple, and I think the first step is well they're, they're all, but <laughs> I was gonna say just the first step, but I think the hardest thing sometimes for people is to just stop long enough to look. Yeah. And to listen, mm-hmm. and you know there that's an uncomfortable space for a lot of people it, from my observation they like to get so busy and I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do tapping, and this is gonna this is gonna you know pay the bills, and this is gonna do everything, this is gonna be great, and i'm I'm contributing to the world, or i'm gonna now I'm gonna go do this, and now I'm gonna learn that. And then the whole process of that, you're never stopping. You're never stopping and looking at the tree, looking at the way the building's constructed or whatever else. Just stopping long enough to go, what is life showing? Yeah. And, if, you know, I think that that's such a powerful piece. And then and then once once people kind of get good at that, the listening piece is a challenge sometimes <laughs> for them because, when we get to the listening, oftentimes we're getting things we don't want to hear <laughs> along the way. Yes. With yes. that,
3: but our life, lesson, but life is offering us a lesson, and 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 Jesse, Jesse, if I may, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to bring a little bit of the sacred attention therapy uh, yes. paradigm practice into the into the dialogue, and. For those who are not familiar with Richard Harvey's work, um, and I hope, uh, you know, if anything, the dialogue I'm having with you, he um, will invite people to explore further. And I'll mention it now and hopefully a number of times before um, we leave each other today. But the website is www.sacredattentiontherapy, all one word, .com. The whole sacred attention therapy paradigm and, of course, the project and the training that I'm blessed to be part of, it's based on Richard Harvey's uh, lifetime of work developing a model for spiritual awakening. And it's what he refers to as a three-stage model. And very quickly, stage one is journey of self-discovery. Stage two is transformation into authenticity. And stage three is union with the divine. Those are all... Words that, and I'm paraphrasing, Great. Richard may describe them uh, a little differently. Um, what, is, what is very interesting, and I remember what captivated me when I began studying his body work was that, and I'm not going to go giving a percentage, although Richard does, I will just say that the majority of people walking in this time and space will never move beyond stage one journey of self-discovery. And what this is uh, to draw a parallel, parallel, that discovery of who you truly are, parallel to other uh, spiritual teachings. What makes sacred attention therapy, what differentiates it perhaps, from all the psychologies and the Western psychologies and Western therapies, psychiatry, psychology, psychotherapy that have preceded it is that with sacred attention therapy, one is actually encouraged and invited to divest oneself of the ego, of the ego processes, to shed the layers. And this is primarily done through the heart and the process is forgiveness so through sacred attention therapy we are invited into an awareness of who we think we are which is not who we are but who <laughs> we think we are based on our uh, early childhood conditioning and therein lies some of uh, the parallels to Western psychology and um, humanistic and transpersonal psychologies, Um to move beyond that, but it's only through awareness, into discovering who we really are and transform into our authentic selves, which only then can we begin the truly spiritual journey, but that's when we move into stages two and stages three of the three-stage model. But this Awareness uh can only begin uh once we stop, as you talked about and suggested earlier. And that can be a very difficult thing for people living in this time and space because we're just bombarded um with um with activity, with doing. And it's very difficult for us to just be instead of do, just be with ourselves and all that is around us. And it's only through that being that comes the awareness and the opportunity if we so choose the brave and the courageous journey of walking through the gate into being with our authentic self.
2: and yeah and and I think that that is um there's so many pieces i can <laughs> I can connect in there. I think that uh I think being courageous is a factor, but it takes courage to to stop and say, What was I programmed, what do I think I am, and what am I really and it, I think for a lot of people that stopping. Is a scary place, you know. It's about, if yep. I stop, I'm going to be attacked. If I stop, I'm, yep. you know, in danger. Um, that's
0: right. right. Because
2: that's like being a sitting duck. That's like being prey to something that <laughs> you can't see. And mm-hmm. and I I think that that's a big maybe a piece that people haven't thought about that they that they're actually experiencing fear when they stop or they they don't know what to do once they stop. Well,
3: so much of our lives is spent trying to control our life. Um, And there's many different factors that contribute to that. Um, Not only family, friends, but society in general. Um, We are taught from a very early age that, you know, we're in control of our destiny. uh, And we need to control that destiny. And there's an interesting... Uh, book by a gentleman by the name of Alan Watson, and the title of the book is "The Healed Mind Does Not Plan." And the whole book, uh, it comes out of the teachings of, of course, in miracles. If if you or the the listener is familiar with it, and the message of the book is that not planning is not bad. There's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with trying to control. But we need to understand why we're trying to control and why we're planning. And it's very simply, we're doing these things, we're planning, we're trying to control out of fear of what would happen if we didn't. And he uses just some, you know, very simple examples. You know, for example, making up a grocery list, you know, to go to the grocery store. Well, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It can be very helpful. But we do it because we fear what would happen if we got to the grocery store and we didn't have a list. Well, my goodness, then we'd forget the apples or we'd forget the flowers or we'd forget the eggs. And then what? And it's just one fear after another. um, And we become uh, almost immune to the, the covering up of the fear, and it becomes the way we live our life. So again, there's nothing wrong with planning, and there's nothing wrong with trying to control, but we need to understand, we need to get out of the surface of life, dive below the surface and understand the reason we're doing it is because we're afraid of what would happen if we didn't, and where it would leave us, and where it would leave us is in a place that's very uncomfortable uh for the ego it is a very uncomfortable place to seemingly be directionless to seemingly have no place to go or strive for it is it can be a very uncomfortable place to be and it's a very courageous person who is willing to go to that space and learn for themselves the truth of that space.
2: Well, you have you have really brought out some big stuff here, and and I can thoroughly relate because I feel very directionless <laughs> right now, and it's it's not a comfortable space. I'm literally like, okay, what's next? I have no idea what's coming up next month, the month after, and. I'm the person that's always liked my plans in place. Like, okay, here's my tour yep. schedule for the next four months, you know, um, right. and I'm all good with that. And yep. so I, I, you're bringing out some hidden fears that most people don't tap into. You know, we think that we need these different things, and it's like, but I'm afraid, like you say, it's forgetting this. or not having mm-hmm. that, or what happens if, you know, if I go to a venue and nobody shows up, or um, you know, what happens when the money runs out? <laughs> and I'm, yeah. and I'm wherever, yeah. you know. um yeah. it, And you know, and I've had people and they ask me, you know, well, what's next? Where are you going? And I'm like, I don't yeah. know right now. I literally don't know. At certain points, like I have different options that could go depending on this or that or that. But um yeah, tapping into that fact that there's really a fear and to understand and and I think this is one of the things when we talk about all of these different things that are out there and and philosophies and thoughts and positive thinking and law of attraction and whatever else. Um, these are some of the hidden fears that we don't tap into when we wonder why is why are these certain things manifesting um, in our lives? Not realizing that we've got all these underlying fears going on. Yeah. With us. So. Um,
3: but, yeah. These these fears are all opportunities. Should we choose? Should we choose to rise above them? There's a. There's a wonderful um, uh, offering in regard to fear being an acronym, Uh, and it goes something like this. Fear can be looked at in one of two ways. It can either be fear everything and retreat or face everything and rise And I think it's a a very wise way of pointing out the only way through our fears is to go through them. For as long as we resist, they're going to remain. I think it's Wayne Dyer, um, and and I'll I'll certainly invite anyone to correct me who's listening, Um, but I believe it's Wayne Dyer who says uh, what we resist persists. As long as we... around, but it's only when we face it that we finally transcend it, and it's so much the case with the ego, and it's so much the case where the sacred attention therapy brings you is to come face-to-face with this illusion that you've created of yourself through your uh, family beliefs, through your life life statements your character strategies, through your sub-personalities, through your emotional behavior patterns, and other things that allows you to step back, look at yourself in the mirror, and realize what you're looking at is an illusion. And once you face it and overcome the fears that you've taught yourself and you've taken in as truth, but come to see the illusion. It's only once you get through that and break through that again that you come to know the divinity within you. And you come to know the blessed, light filled being that you are. And life takes on a whole a whole other meaning. Life takes on a whole other dimension. Um and for me anyway, I can't I cannot assume to speak for anyone other than myself, but for me anyway, a much more peaceful and joyful place to live and be.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I think that's—I think that's the thing, um, really. That ju- that just whole facing things, and I think I think that's scary for a lot of people because. You know, it used to be, say you jumped back even 10 years ago, um, you know, but if you look back 10, 20 years ago, facing the fear was, oh my gosh, I can't take a vacation this year. (laughs) You know, and now we're in times where the fear is not, oh no, I can't take a vacation, it is oh, no, I have no place to live and nowhere to go right. and yeah. no job and no work. And, I mean, the fear is now hitting the basic needs versus um, the extras in life or the, the the extra pleasures, so to say, in life. And it looks like Robert uh, has kind of uh, had a little disconnect here, so I'm going to keep talking here with this. And... Uh, until it connects back in. But, uh, it, you know, we all are facing it. And, again, for those that are just tuning in, we are talking with Robert Meager and his work in Sacred Attention Therapy, which has launched off of uh, a former guest of mine, Richard Harvey. And uh, Richard Harvey, uh, we had him on talking about his work with the Essential Self, which was wonderful. And we've been delving into those different processes of self-discovery, transformation into authenticity and source of consciousness. And uh, Richard was talking about oftentimes who we think we are is not who we actually are and that it's a matter of learning to face our fears at different times and being willing to step into those uncomfortable spaces, being willing to stop and to um, hang on and to not even hang on. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) to look and to listen and to accept what's going on. So that's that's where we're at for those that are just tuning in, and we'll bring you back up to speed. And here's Robert back on the air with us. Welcome back, Robert.
0: Thank you, Jesse.
2: And just did a little recap for everybody to bring them up for those that are just tuning in um, to where we are. Now, I want to see if I can tie something in here because, one of the things that I mentioned when I introduced you is that you're an interfaith minister in the border of Melchizedek and right. explain to us a little more maybe about what that is and how that ties into the sacred attention therapy, because I think there's uh, that's not one of the more commonly um, heard belief systems. And it is, one that I'm a little bit familiar with because I've got some background and some things that are related to that. Um, mm-hmm. to that. But uh not everybody's aware of what that is. So maybe you can fill us in and make that connection for us.
3: Thank you. Um the order of Kudec is uh, a priesthood order. Uh it's not although one is ordained in the priesthood order through a seminary uh it's not a church, so it doesn't come along with what some might think of as the dogma of, of institutional religion. Um being an interfaith priesthood, being an interfaith fellowship, um there are no there are no barriers to uh celebrating the sacred uh and to honoring the sacred. That journey began with me in 2009. Um, if I may, just a, a little bit of background, uh, Jesse, when I left Corporate Canada, as I refer to it, in 2009, I had no idea where I was going and what I was going to do. Um, my colleagues, friends, um, at best, thought I was reckless to do what I did. Their stuff was pretty uh because I also left at the in a truck economy. So the the economy had taken a business spill and we're at the bottom of this and we weren't sure if there was any further to go and I was leaving a uh, you know a six figure salary with benefits and all of those things to in a in effect go nowhere. Didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, certainly didn't know what my next job was going to be. And this pardon, a head network had.
2: We're getting you cutting in and out a little bit, um, and, and we're, we've lost some sound on you. Okay. That, okay, there you are. <laughs> so, so corporate America, you were kind of leaving that realm, and. Um, and people were thinking, you're not quite in our normal range <laughs> of right. where your thought processes are.
3: And
2: we're getting you cutting in and out again here. And I think we've kind of lost some sound here temporarily on Robert. We'll see if he comes back okay. in here in a minute. Okay. And he may need to he may need to um try to call back in and see if he gets a, a little bit better connection or something. I'm wondering what okay. there's Oh, there you are. Are you with us? Uh not quite, not quite. We don't quite have sound yet um, in there. And and I was asking him about the Macielsi McEl- McEl- death order, and um, it is an order of the priesthood, a priesthood-based order as opposed to a dogma-based religion um, in there, which is what he was sharing, and he's working on making that connection between that forest and the... Um, the sacred attention therapy, but I think at this point we've we've lost sound from Robert. There's something that's happening that's uh, not there. Uh, so see what happens here. We may. Um, I think he's going to have to. I think he's going to have to call back in. Yeah, he's dropped off. So he'll be back with us in just a minute. He's gonna call back in and see if we can get another connection running for him here on this. Um and for so the priesthood based orders and there he is. Okay. Well I've got you back. <laughs> Maybe. Kind of strange. We've got him we've got him listed in the switchboard here, but I'm not getting any sound from him. So I don't know if he's accidentally gotten something muted um, on his phone or um, on a system.
3: Can you hear me, Jesse?
2: Oh, I can hear you now. Okay. Yay!
3: Is that you? Coming in really good? clear
2: now? That's really okay, good.
3: Good. good. So where I think I left off was I mentioned that as soon as I left corporate Canada, I had um, coffee with three different colleagues, Neither neither of whom knew each other. So it wasn't like Sally said to Harry the day before, you know, when you're talking to Rob tomorrow, make sure to mention this. What was rather interesting is that each of the three people, again, who didn't know the other asked me the same question, and that was, have you ever considered ministry? Uh, To which the first two people, I literally said out loud, are you crazy? Uh, And when the third person, the question started to come out of my mouth, but then I stopped, realizing that this is the third person in two weeks who's asking the same question. I paused and I said, What is it you're seeing in me that I don't see? Ask me this question. Anyway, uh, that kicked off a series of events I never could have imagined, which led me a couple of years later to being ordained into this priesthood called the Order of Melchizedek. You now Melchizedek uh as an entity um is mentioned is mentioned several times in Bible and the Christian Bible. But in recent years, so within the past decade, through the writings of, of people like Dolores Cannon and writings about the
0: Essenes,
3: the figure or the biblical character of Melchizedek is 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 coming now to humanity. And what the whole order of Melchizedek is in ancient times, that's also becoming known. But in terms of
2: Order. But I'm going. Okay. You're back. Can you hear me can you hear me, Jesse? I can now, yes.
3: <laughs> okay. So the the priesthood of, really there was only two uh vows. I'll use that word although ordaining create said.
2: Wendy's out again. Um, it's, the previous you were talking about priesthood holds bowels. Uh
3: Yeah, so the, the priesthood itself, the, the two principles of our divine contracts. And the second commitment one makes is to teach and heal a world in transformation. And how one chooses to do that is completely up to them. We have as part of the priesthood order, complete freedom in how we choose to express them, and some who are ordained as the priesthood will continue on the same path they were before they were ordained, but simply bring the way of life into the work back into life doing different things. Um, the priesthood comes with a great deal of freedom, but for me it also comes with a great deal of responsibility. So enter what's this got to do with sacred attention therapy. Uh, what I chose to do with my ordination with my spiritual ministry uh, when I began it was uh, something I call spiritual exploration grew into the sacred attention therapy. So, And when I discovered Richard and his work, it was so closely aligned with where I was coming from and with where I wanted to go to. It was just a blessed, um, a blessed serendipity. And so, yeah.
2: And we're still getting a little cutting in and out here. All
0: right.
2: Okay, you're back.
0: (laughs) Okay.
3: Uh, So, there was such a, a, if I can use that word, between what I had begun to do with my own spiritual ministry work and doing. And it felt so uh full of life in embarking and embarking in collaborative initiatives with Richard and because
2: and we've got him cut out again, but he was making a, a wonderful connection that his spiritual path and there's an openness in the order of Mattel's death um, that just requires divine contract and, and helping the world in transformation. And he, he right. found that what Richard was doing in his work um, was really connecting with the direction uh, that you wanted to go as well, Robert.
3: Um, there is it, the sound case.
2: Yeah, you you kind of cut out a little bit there. So now I. I Got you back to where I'm hearing you.
3: Okay, um, the I, I guess the the foundational uh, tenet of the Order of Melchizedek, and again, you know, the ordaining priest, it, 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 it smiled and he said, "This is what you're getting yourself into." Is it's a 365 day, 24 hour a day. Uh, Uh, and that's really where the tagline for a spiritual is
2: and, and you kind of cut out on it and chopped out a little bit on okay. it there.
3: <laughs> Okay. so the okay. underlying the message.
2: The underlying message?
3: It's 24-7-365. Uh, right. You know, called this mission and to serve, and that's that's where I got the phrase associated with my spiritual ministry, spiritual guidance, is journey towards enlightenment, and I um, that is my commitment uh, that I've made both to myself and to the life I live, and it's a wonderful opportunity through the convent non-sacred attention therapy that allows me to continue that service to humanity to teach and heal the world and transform it.
2: And And I think that that's great and that, that really does show that connection there. Um, and, and I appreciate you for, for sharing on that um, because, it, again, that's not somebody that or something that people often get a chance to hear about and to um, to explore. And so I, I think that that's really, really great there. So let's, let's delve a little more into the sacred attention therapy. Now, you, you've kind of touched on that a little bit. You talked about the three-stage model of human awakening that's provided by Richard Harvey. And maybe you can give us a little insight because I know one of the, the aspects which we touched on earlier about looking, listening, and accepting. How does right. somebody listen with their whole self? Because the, the piece is not just that, okay, I stop and I hear you talking out there in the background while I've got music going and I'm having this other online conversation.
1: Right.
2: It's about listening with the whole self. It's about looking with the yeah. whole self about accepting with the whole self. How does somebody do that?
3: Very simply, Jesse breathe. <laughs> and um you know, people may hear that and and, and think if Rob has lost it, Rob is crazy. It's based in meditation. It's based in sitting, standing, walking, but silencing or quieting the mind. It's only when we can stop the thought and cognitive processes that we can begin to allow awareness in, and um,
2: if yeah, we gotta cut out again <laughs> uh, but richard was uh, excuse me, Robert was talking about breathing. Breathing is the key to um, bringing ourselves into listening with our whole self Uh, because it's in that process of breathing that we can uh, really open up and be still. And it looks like he's dropped off and he's going to call back in again here. Hopefully we can get another connection going here that'll be a little bit stronger. (laughs) That happens sometimes, you know. It's just I notice that. I, I turn my phone the wrong way, and it can it can really shift something. But um, he's right back here, so we're going to bring him back on. So, yeah, breathing is the key to listening to the full self or listening with the full self. <laughs> and you're back, Robert, I think, or not. We're not hearing him. Uh Okay. There you are.
3: There I am.
2: We've got you. (laughs) And we're listening. And I'm breathing.
3: (laughs) I I, I began talking about, um, you know, the key to listening with the whole self to the soul of the other is to quiet one's own mind.
2: And the quieting of the mind is what's so challenging, I think, for a lot of people.
3: And I think at the core of it is a meditation practice. And uh, you know, how does one do that? I'm, I'm not gonna go into uh, any great extent about meditation. There's so many different forms of um but you know, I'm gonna say something here that for many people will will seem out of this world, but Meditation in whatever form can heal all what ails this world in a very in very straightforward, very simple. Uh the solution to all dis ease, to all illness, to everything that pains us about this world is very simply meditation. Uh it is quieting the mind and resting into life. And you know there are many many different approaches to to quieting the mind, uh, and certainly throughout the sacred attention therapy um, paradigm, throughout the teaching, there are many uh, tools offered for meditation for quieting the mind. And if one goes to the sacred attention therapy website, there's several examples right on the home page with some videos. Um, but one can only begin to listen.
2: And we've we've got some quiet again, and he was talking about if you go to the website, um, you'll find some examples of meditation and different types of meditation, and it's really about quieting in the mind. And, And I have to agree with this because I you know, have been putting a bigger and bigger focus on this recently. And for me, it's, you know, sometimes just finding that peace in this dimension and sometimes getting out of this dimension <laughs> by taking my own mm-hmm. meditation Um, I literally can come back and see the shift on my physical body, um, and see the difference and see things healing. Um, that have been struggling. So yes, I have to agree very much. It is um, critical. And we kind of had him back there for a minute.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: and you're I'm getting little little pieces.
3: Little pieces.
2: There you are. Um, <laughs> I've got you now. Andy's out again. Okay. So um, it's really, there's been some great information coming in, and I do encourage anybody who's missed uh, previous parts of the show to go back and listen to it in the archives um, because Robert's been sharing some really great things, and we're delving into sacred attention therapy um, here today. And, this is something that people can participate in that they can take. Um, it, it, this is a program and a course that they're working with. Um, he's also talked about the Sacred Attention Therapy Collaborative project along the way um, in there. And again, I I want to remind people that the website is sacredattentiontherapy.com um, on this. How are we doing, Robert? Are you with us?
0: I'm with you, Daddy. Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you now. Mm -hmm.
3: um, What I found very interesting about the the last it was just yesterday that Richard submitted manuscript for his forthcoming book called Your Sacred Calling, and Your Sacred Calling is. Going to be the text or the level two. There. Yes.
2: And you kind of chopped out. You were mentioning your sacred um, calling is going to be the text for for level two. Mm-hmm. And we've got him kind of cut out again. And, and there are various levels, by the way, to the sacred um, attention therapy, and I, I know of four um, that correlate with this. And, um, and this is not something, by the way, that you're going to be able to just zip through, you know, hey, I can sit through this in a week or a month. Uh, because part of the sacred attention therapy work is that you've got to take the time. You've really got to delve into this, and it's not something that you can just rush through, grab on an intellectual level, and then be done with it. So to say, um, you know, I, I think that that's, I think that's a big thing for people to keep in mind uh, with this process, because it is going to be about the process. I think I hear you there, Robert. <laughs> Thought I heard him coming in there for a minute. So um so yeah there are many models that are doing that and this is a work that's unfolding in the process, in a sense. Um you know it's definitely it's definitely unfolding as as they go. So um this is this is a big piece Level one is under underway, and even um, you know, when we talk about this, it really correlates with Richard's work that we had on the show uh, previously. You can catch that in our archives, and it correlates with his, his work, "Your Essential Self: A uh, Process of Self Discovery," and that uh, that is a core aspect of the level one training for Sacred Attention Therapy. And then in level two. And what they start to work with is, is it deals with from forgiveness to wholeness. And Robert was mentioning that, um, mm-hmm. that Richard was just getting the, the book out and released on that called Your Sacred Calling. And, um, this is gonna really bring together the, the final stages of inner work on personality and character. Um, and this is really going to help people with crossing thresholds of transformation. And I think this is is a really huge on this um, aspects that they're that they're talking about. So these different levels are coordinating again. Uh, and he mentions also, you know, once level three unfolds, it's going to be um, equivalent to the third stage of Richard's work, which is the stage of awakening. So. There are these different points along the way there. And I'm still seeing Richard, uh, Robert in the switchboard, <laughs> but I'm not getting sound off of him. I was seeing if we could get some sound there, but um it doesn't seem to be coming through. Um, and I think he's going to try to come back in again for us here in this process. Um, so this is some really, really powerful work because this is really gonna delve into, you know, that big question that a lot of people have, how do I get there? How do I get so how do I use this meditation? And and Robert, I think we've got you back on the line again.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Jesse.
2: We do. We have uh, you back. Uh,
3: good. I, you know, I want to. I want to thank you for your persistence and for all that you've been sharing while um, we're we're being patient with the the technology challenges we're having. But you did mention. Uh, you answered beautifully, by the way. You know, you connected the work that Richard's doing through the online training and 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 how we come to cultivate an awareness. You brought up also. Uh, regard to the online training, the timing. And what we're suggesting is that a person allow themselves one full year for each level of the training. Um, Having gone through it myself, it will be a challenge for a person, I think, to complete the work in one level in less than a year. Uh, It can be done, if they choose to dedicate and devote uh, to the work. But uh, I would think a one-year...
2: And you kind of cut out on the... Okay, one year, yeah. And so, Robert was mentioning that, you know, figure about a year per level on this... um, Aspect And that it would be challenging, very hard, not totally impossible, but very hard to complete it in less than that amount of time. And again, I would say the reason behind this, because I know in some of the work and the studies and the things I've delved into along the way, that I could grab maybe the intellectual concept um, faster to a certain extent, but it's not about just grabbing the concept. You have to take that concept and you have to live with it for a while. Matter of fact, one of the teachers I studied with along the way, they would only give so much information every week, not to withhold things from us, but because they insisted that we took that information every single week and implemented it into our lives, and we had to bring it back and explain the experiences that we had and how it implemented into our life and what we learned from it and what we got out of it. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I've never forgotten those teachers. I've never forgotten the teachers that made me be patient with the process, and that mm-hmm. opens that door to to honoring the time factor.
3: Yeah. Jesse, can you hear me now? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I did just wanted to make sure. It, it, again, you're just sharing some some beautiful um, extension of that the material and the offerings. And, you know, back to this idea of timing, um, one of the hopefully will be seen as the, the, you know, the benefits of the the format of the training online.
2: And we've lost you again. There you are, I think. You were mentioning one of the benefits.
3: One of the benefits is that the person can take the course at their own pace um, and online. So wherever one has an Internet connection and a web browser, one can uh, take the course. And so whether it's at work or whether it's at home um, or in some other leisure space, one can access the videos. There are 12 modules in training. And within each module, there are three or four parts. And each of these parts is comprised of an online video. And so with 12 modules, I think a healthy pace is one module per month. Hence my suggesting earlier that a 12-month time period I think is a very reasonable um, goal for a person going through the course. I personally took longer <laughs> with level one, uh, but that's that's just me. Um, there, are, in every module, there is the invitation to explore uh, teachings and readings beyond the lecture content itself, and there are uh, many examples of of other books, other works that one can explore to expand their work. Uh, or expand their learnings offered throughout a particular module within the Level 1 training. So, again, just to recap, there's 12 modules within the Level 1. We suggest that one module per month would be, I think, a reasonable pace to go at, allowing you to complete the 12 modules within a one-year period. It is online, and it's self-led, allowing you to go at a pace that works for you and at a space that's convenient for you so long as you have access to uh, a web browser and an Internet connection.
2: And I'm glad that you mentioned that you took longer than that going through it because... I did. Sometimes we definitely need that time to something really captures our attention, for example, and we want to delve further into it and you don't you don't want to do that rushing through the process. And I yeah. know from my experiences that by giving it that time, there's so much that starts to really hit home that, that unravels over yeah. the course of a month. Um, I'm very yeah. pro working with moon cycles. So I can watch from moon cycle to moon cycle, from new moon to new moon, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole shift of energy. It's, it's, you know, there's a, there's a saying in some of the metaphysical groups that you need to stay with somebody for a year and a day because you need to complete the entire yes. cycle. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I think that that's important. We need to complete the cycle of the energy. It's not just the yeah. grabbing of the lesson, but completing the cycle of the energy so we get the full aspect of it. Yes.
3: Yeah the other the other thing I want to offer in regard to timing is uh we suggest that you know one level of the course is going to take approximately a year. The student is given two years to complete each level of the course uh if they wish if they wish to pursue certification so if a person does not pursue certification, each take as long as you want and take as many years as they want. each of the course. is to pursue certification. And if one does there's a series of exercises and then there are some um, uh sections that one is as part of the certification process that gives the student a two year window to complete the level of reply and go through the certification process. So while it is self-led and one can go at their own pace, if you do decide you wish to pursue certification, the uh, window we invite is to complete the level of training within two years.
2: Okay. And, and I think that's important because there are some options with this, from what I noticed, that as people progress through this, um, there are options for them to take on, like, sort of a mentoring role or a teaching role. Yeah,
3: there's many opportunities to uh, be involved, uh, to to have a dialogue with myself as a tutor and Richard as a tutor and to stay involved um, after the project. So all students are invited throughout their training to undergo their own therapy and our counseling. And the student is welcome to select uh, a therapist or a counselor of their choosing. We have available a list of therapist counselors on the website, that incorporate sacred attention therapy principles and practices in their own practice. And we certainly encourage students to work with a therapist or a counselor that is if not familiar with the sacred attention therapy paradigm, uh, certainly incorporates uh, some of the principles and practices in their own practice. And so that's the curriculum. way. We encourage the student to uh, be involved and engaged in their own therapy or counseling uh, throughout this study. Um, secondly, if during the study the student has questions, there is certainly they can contact uh, myself, the registrar, as a, as a tutor. Um, they can contact me through email. Uh, if they prefer, for example, a one-on-one uh, Skype session to have their questions answered, that is certainly possible. And certainly we're prepared if demand gets to this point, is to have regular or what might be considered in a a regular educational institution something called office hours. So there would be times during the week that I would make myself available via Skype uh, for students who would want to call in and ask any questions. So there's plenty of opportunities uh, during the training for the student to be involved and engaged with uh, the Afterwards, once a student has gone through the training and should they choose to go through the certification process, if they then want to join the faculty, uh, that's certification uh, for them, for them then to be able to um, offer their training in the form of services, the therapy and counseling services, as well as to be involved in developing and delivering future courses under the Sacred Attention Therapy umbrella. So lots of ways for the student to be involved uh, throughout their training, uh, as well as after if they choose to um, remain with the Sacred Attention Therapy family of initiative. I should also mention, or I'd like also to mention, um, Jesse, if I could, there is um, a real link and relationship between the Sacred Attention Therapy Online Training, and the Sacred Attention Therapy Project, students who are going through the Sacred Attention Therapy Online Training, there will be assignments uh, that they'll be invited to complete as part of the certification process. And one of the assignments is what we're referring to as a major essay or in a traditional educational institution what might be referred to as a thesis or a dissertation. Those those thesis, those dissertations, will be invited to be included in the publications that are part of the Sacred Attention Therapy Project. So in that way, there is a direct link and relationship between the Sacred Attention Therapy online training and the students going through and the assignments that they're writing and the Sacred Attention Therapy Project if the student wishes to be involved in the project. So, again, very much a connection between the initiatives and the online training can very much be a feeding into the Sacred Attention Therapy Project and the publications that are being produced out of that initiative.
2: I'm glad that you mentioned that and how that can connect for somebody. Um, And I think one of the things that I really love about this is, is that, even though there's a certain amount of structure, there's a lot of flexibility and options for somebody. There's the flexibility yes. to mentor. There's the flexibility for certification. There's the flexibility for teaching. Uh, there's, uh, yes. you know, the there's the flexibility for being under the Sacred Attention Therapy Project, and most of all, there's the flexibility. You know, you encourage people. To go through their own work, do their own process in this, and not only to just get locked into this, but to go out and connect with people that are doing other things and therapists that are outside of this and get yes. draw your own conclusions, draw your own insights, and yes. I love that so much. About this, because mm-hmm. so many things out there go. This is it. You got to stay in this box. You got to stick with this format. You can't stray. But to me, yeah. when you're dealing with something from genuine, authentic truth, it will interrelate yeah. with everything else out there.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I I do want to also mention uh, Jesse an offer for those who may be listening. Um. The online training, if I can speak to it just for a minute, um, there's really three groups of people that um, we're, we're speaking to and uh, who may be interested in this online training. Uh, first, there may be the current practitioner, the, the psychotherapist, the psychologist, the counselor, uh, the spiritual healer, the coach who already has some training, who already is in practice, but wants to uh, go beyond all that has come before in terms of the teaching paradigm. So I'm referring to the spiritual teachings, I'm referring to the Western psychologies, the humanistic, the transpersonal psychologies, um, and respecting all of that and going further. And wanting to add some new tools through the circuit attention therapy paradigm to their current practice, so the first group of people may be the current practitioner who would want to further their study, further their own practice, and add some tools to that practice. The second group of people may be what we're calling the lay person, the lay person who wants to study counseling therapy, psychology, who has no previous exposure to it. And we're welcoming them in as well, because there are no prerequisites in regard to educational background. Um, you can begin your journey your study of the fields of psychology, psychotherapy, spiritual counseling through the intensive therapy, online training. and then the third group of people are those people who are serious about their their own personal spiritual and psychological growth and development. So the student of inner work uh, may be one who chooses not to go through certification because they have no intention of, of being a therapist um, or, a counselor or a healer. They just want to use the material to be able to work through the three stages of awakening to embark on the journey to know oneself, the journey of self And in the second stage, to transform into authenticity. So the the serious student of inner work of of psychological and spiritual development equally uh, may be drawn to or may enjoy the sacred attention therapy online training. So, again, three groups. The current practitioner and group wants to study counseling, psychology, spiritual healing, call it whatever you want. Uh and the third group is the serious student of um spiritual and psychological development and growth.
2: I think this is great too, and again it shows the flexibility of this program that it can it's not focused just on one group of people, it, it can serve several groups of people. Um, or several stages of path that people are on. And just because somebody pursues this on a personal level doesn't mean that they ever want to be a therapist. They might decide they want to do something like that in the process, but, you know, that's not necessary. That's not required. That's not um, a have-to-do thing by any means. It could just be because they want to work on themselves. And That's right. And I really love that about what you're doing here and what this program is offering. Um, I just know, and I remember from talking with with Richard that uh, you know the the level or the the quality, the insightfulness um, of this work is is so so open and so expansive and so evolved. Um, to me, it's just so very aligned with truth, with real truth. And um, now, somebody who, who says, Great, I love what you're doing. I get that I need to go check out the website, sacredattentiontherapy.com, and all of that. Now, is there, can people start this program at any time, or are there certain starting points that they have to join and it's going to start? the beginning of every month, or how does that work? They can take it any time they want?
3: Yeah, thank you, Jesse. The person can take it any they want. The starting point is through enrollment. So if one goes to sacredattentiontherapy.com, underneath the main menu item, uh, SAP, which stands for Sacred Attention Therapy Training Online, there is an enrollment form menu item. And the process really begins with that enrollment form. So the student will fill out the enrollment form and submit it online. They will be contacted uh, very quickly within 24 or 48 hours of acknowledgement of their enrollment form. And then upon review and acceptance, they will be provided with access to the password protected page that has all the modules for the student then to begin their study at their pace. So the process begins with enrolling, and once your enrollment uh, form has been uh, reviewed and your enrollment accepted, you're then provided access to the page where all the training material is contained.
2: Perfect. Perfect. I, I just absolutely love what you're doing here, and I love that you connected with Richard because over the years I, I was watching his work and I was seeing you come through on different things. And I was yes. watching your work for many years online. And um I know I connected with you very early in getting into some social media things for
3: yes, myself. That's right. And yeah.
2: um, and I, I just when I when I heard you had connected with him, I was like Okay, there's something powerful happening there <laughs> because I know these two people, and it was a little bit of a surprise, but then at the same time, it's like, oh, this is going to be really, really good. So I, I was so excited to see that happen and um, and to see that connection you're, there. And so
3: you're you're very intuitive, Jesse, because um, I recognized almost immediately in the connection with Richard. And this was even before we began working on the favorite attention therapy project, the online training that there was something rather divine about our connection. Um, what people may not understand is Richard and I to this day have not met in person. Um, and we both look forward to, to that opportunity. Um but there is something beyond either of us, beyond both of us, that's at play here. And we both recognize it. And there is no doubt in my mind that this is clearly Spirit is at work uh, with the family of sacred attention therapy initiatives, with our meeting. And um, it is clear to me that this is someone was intended to come into my life and how blessed I am for that connection as I am with you, Jesse. And it feels right. It feels good. It feels like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And Richard and I, although although um, I can't say we agree on everything, um, there has been such an alignment in our spiritual teaching and our spiritual learning, in our philosophy about life. Uh, there's been such an openness to learning from one another. There's been such an openness to working together for something beyond ourselves. Um, I think Richard and I's own personal ministries are very much aligned. Um, although Richard may not use that word ministry in referring to his work, although I certainly see it coming from the perspective I'm coming from is that so much of his work is indeed um a service to humanity. But there's just a wonderful um a wonderful synergy uh that is coming out of the work we're doing together, and I think we we both realize that this is something far beyond us as individuals and as a partnership um, than either of us could have ever imagined, or frankly, can even explain. But it's something that is um, very nicely coming together, and it's a joy. To be a part of it's just an absolute
2: joy. Well, I completely agree with you, and I think people are going to get a huge amount of value out of this program. It will be life changing for them, um, no doubt about that. I want to thank you for being on the show. Our time is winding down here um, today with the show, but. I really appreciate you taking this extra time to come on and allow us to present this work and to share with people what you're doing and what's going on, um, and and to just give that time to us and your thoughts and your energy and your insights.
3: Jesse, I want to thank you and uh, just two last reminders. The, the website address is www.sacredattentiontherapy.com. And I'll let the listeners know that if they are interested in any of the initiatives, the online training or the project, we have upcoming, we have monthly sat sessions whereby people can Skype in and have any questions answered, any other questions answered um, with a session with me and we're offering it at the end of June, the end of July and the end of August and certainly we can extend those if, um, if interest and demand requires. But if again you go to the secret attention therapy website, you'll see a link to the satsangs, and you can find out more there and sign up on the website.
2: Well, truly, truly wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us. It's it's just really been a gift today. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Debbie. And, I'll
2: love and we you have, have you. many blessings. And tomorrow we will be back on with our regular show. Um, we'll do this in today because uh, I had a little glitch in my time uh, last Friday, and so I did want to make sure we got Robert on the show today. Um, I've got Cynthia Mazzaferro coming in with us tomorrow, and she's going to be sharing her work in The Tower Within, Understanding Our Soul Purpose and Lessons. Uh, also, I am going to be at Higher Salt in Traverse City, Michigan, um, this upcoming weekend, so Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You can uh, experience I have four workshops going on on Saturday all day long, from 10 in the morning to 6 in the evening. And I've got uh, private sessions that I'm taking on Sunday and Monday. So come on out. At least say hi. You know, come and see what I'm doing there, all kinds of options. You can check out my website for all of the places I'm going to be because I'm going to also be in Clinton. Uh, Township, Michigan coming up soon as well. My website is dot com. Um, also this month I have my June special, Donate $50 or more to my Compassion Tour GoFundMe campaign and uh, I'm doing some free decoding insights for you or someone else and that's where you can understand greater flow into understanding how to get more into flow with what connects for you. Uh, so that's one of the big aspects there. Don't forget we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Catch all of them, including Susan Weed's show, which is on herbs and natural plants. Um, and uh, there's so much happening. This is Jessie Ann Nichols-George. Thank you so much for being here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only on blog talk radio, but those streaming live on Penn on the Parent Encounters Network. Dream Finder and Stream Live, as well as those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of the show. Hey, I look forward to seeing you actually tomorrow as we delve more into activating compassion. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed my show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you today with that song, Yearning For, also known as Over and Over by Shem And by the way, Shem has got great stuff happening. Check out their Websites and their CDs and what's going on for them. www.shimshai.com, S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com, and I'm very grateful that they're letting me use their music on this show. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you actually tomorrow, right here on Activating Compassion Radio. May you enjoy the. Oh, uh, normally I say may you enjoy the rest of your weekend, but hey, just come back and join us tomorrow. <laughs> That'll be a better option. Take care. We'll see you then.
0: And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with the season of change and die And we are in tune with the tune. Caught in a balance of sun and moon And we're walking hand in hand, in the balance of God and man Over and over, life is your lover, learning to walk just a little bit slower This time we reveal it one to another. All will discover the essence within the most beautiful lover. Time is still turning, the love is still burning deep in your spirit, your heart.